Welcome to your new favorite bookish podcast, Fully Booked and Caffeinated. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Heather. And today we have part two of our discussion on A Court of Thorn and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. If you didn't listen to part one, stop here, go back and listen, and then come back because there's a lot going on in part one. Okay. I know that it really ramps up in part two, but you got to be in part one before you can hop into part two. Yes. Take our word for it. As usual, let's talk about our fuel for this discussion. What coffee are you drinking, Heather? I have your favorite, an iced butter pecan coffee from Duncan. Yum. Mm-hmm. The best. Uh, the best of the best. Classic. Mm-hmm. I have a... I've been using the Mr. Coffee iced coffee maker. I think I want one. I mean... It's cheap. It doesn't take up that much space. And yeah. it does work. The, it's kind of annoying because you, with every time you get a new coffee, you have to figure out the right measurements. Mm. But I've been doing, because I usually buy the specialty coffees like TJ Maxx or Marshall's. So I have a Moose Munch caramel coffee mm. with vanilla caramel creamer. And then I usually just add a shot of espresso to it because how else will I get through my day? Mm-hmm. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. So where we left off in part one, Feyre has just been sent away by Tamlin to go back to her family. Uh, Tamlin said that he loves her and Feyre didn't say it back because she thought it would be too hard. And she's still trying to cling to this hope that maybe this isn't permanent. Maybe once the blight is over that she'll be able to return or something. She doesn't know how long she's going to go away for, but she's like, I cannot be away forever because Tamlin and I are meant to be together Mm -hmm. after our rendezvous mating ritual. (laughs) With boner claws. With the boner claws. Once again, if you didn't listen to part one, (laughs) you're missing out. So Feyre goes back to her family and they're rich as fuck now because Mm -hmm. Tamlin is providing for them, but they think it's because she inherited a fortune from the sick aunt that she was living with. So they have this fancy house. Elaine is living. She is loving it. She's got her garden. She's going Mm -hmm. to parties. She's like this little socialite. Absolutely. But Nesta is still cold, standoffish. And Feyre is just like, oh, the usual. Even all this money can't make Nesta happy. But Nesta confesses that she was never under the glamour Mm -hmm. that Tamlin put over the family. She knew all along what had happened. And it was really hard for her to watch Elaine and their dad completely oblivious to what was going on and just believing this tall tale of Mm -hmm. Feyre being away with some sick aunt. And Nesta's just like, are you guys kidding me? So she is pissed. She's not living. She's not happy. No. And I liked, too, that the surprise for Farah that Nesta actually tried to, like, go and find her. Yeah. Because you wouldn't expect that from a character like Nesta, especially with how she was in the beginning of the book. Yeah. Like, Nesta would be the one who is happy to see Farah gone. Mm -hmm. And instead, she was like, "Uh, this isn't great. A beast came and stole her away in the night Mm -hmm. perhaps she is not safe Mm -hmm. meanwhile she was fine girl she was fine but i understand how nesta would not believe that because Mm -hmm. you have to remember that the family still believes all of this lore and all these legends about the fairies so they probably you know nesta thought the pharaoh was in danger of course 
So Feyre also learns that a house in their village was burned down with the whole family inside and the daughter was never found. And of course, it's Claire, the girl whose name Feyre gave to Reese. And I mean, we talked about, yes, it was brilliant that Farrah didn't mm-hmm. give her real name, but girl, you Backlash. couldn't have made up a name. <laughs> you gave like your next door neighbor's name. I know. That's, that's a no. Mm-hmm. So Farrah is immediately stricken with guilt, understandably. And she lasts like a week back with her family before she decides she has to go back to help Tamlin. She's like, I made a huge mistake leaving. I know there's probably nothing I can do, but I have to try and help. I can't just sit back while he's suffering. And I know that something happened to Claire. Like there's something going on and mm-hmm. I I need to ask more questions. I need mm-hmm. to figure out what the fuck's going on. So somehow she makes the journey back and finds the spring court, even though she was glamorized on the way and she makes this two three day journey finds a hole in the wall shows up in the spring court what are the chances that the hole is right by the spring court who knows well it was and so she gets back to the manor and she finds it destroyed and deserted like it's an absolute mess obviously there's been a struggle but Farah's like okay there's not massive amounts of blood so good sign it's fine <laughs> Which I was like, wow, this is <laughs> this is what we're hanging our hat on. That's scary. So as she's trying to figure out what her next steps are, because she's like, where the hell is everybody? And obviously, are they okay? Were they taken? You know, she doesn't even know where to start. So she runs into Alice, who breaks everything down, tells her finally who Amarantha is. The High Queen of Perithian, she was the most lethal general in the war against the humans, and they call her the Deceiver. She who trapped the Seven High Lords and built her place beneath the sacred mountain in the heart of our land. So this is the she that everyone has been talking about this whole time, that everyone is so scared of. So basically, Amarantha is in love with Tamlin, and he was like, nah, I'm good. I'd rather bang a human than be with you. And she didn't like that. She doesn't like rejection. So she put a curse on the land and Tamlin didn't break the curse in time. So she kidnapped him. And the curse was that Tamlin had 49 years to persuade a human to marry him with true love in their heart, but not just any human, a human who hated fairies and would kill one unprovoked, aka Andrus, who was sent into the woods by Tamlin as a sacrifice so that Tamlin could get someone to kill him. Mm-hmm. And Feyre does. And basically, all Feyre had to do was fall in love with Tamlin, tell him that, and the curse would have been broken. But he sent her away three days. Bruh, waited 49 years and three days before the curse ended, even though he knew that she loved him. He yeah. sent her away. And she couldn't say, I love you on the way out because. Farah has trust issues, which I understand, okay? You just, you went from zero to 100 with the fairies. Mm -hmm. So like, I get why you have these trust issues, but maybe before you leave on a long journey, tell people that you love them. It's a good rule of thumb for everyone. It is. I agree. Never leave the house without saying I love you. Mm -hmm. So I have to stop for a second because all of this drama, because first, obviously, Amarantha wants Tamlin, but also her bigger picture 
back is that she's wanting to wage war on the humans and take their lands. But she literally has magic. Mm -hmm. And she's weakened all the fairies so that even even the ones who wanted to be able to help the humans wouldn't be able to. So this war seems unnecessary when she could just take the human lands by force. Yeah. So I guess we just have to accept yeah. that Listen, there's something else stopping her. <laughs> I'm like, girl, there are easier ways. You mm. don't even have to wait 49 years. Mm. But okay, you do you. I mean, Amarantha is nothing if not in it for the long game. Oh, like she's, absolutely. She, basically she plays the long game is kidnapping now Tamlin to more or less be her sex slave, but he has no interest in it. Mm -hmm. So she lost anyways, because even if she traps him and like, say she takes him by will, it's, it's never going to be what she actually wanted. So exactly. But it will just show that she has that power power. and she can do Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. Except, except take the human lands without a full out war. But anyway, I digress. So after Farrah hears all this from Alice, she's got to go and try and rescue Tamlin. Obviously. 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 So she finds a way to Under the Mountain, which is a very on-the-nose name for where Amarantha lives. And luckily, or unluckily, she immediately gets brought before Amarantha. Mm -hmm. Like, just, she's like, it's gonna be so hard to find her. Alice is like, you probably won't even see her because they're gonna kill you before you can even see her. (laughs) Nope. She gets brought right to her. And Tamlin's right there by her side, straight face, doesn't react. He's not looking happy. And Feyre sees the absolute torture that Claire went through. They have her body just suspended and decaying Mm -hmm. in Amarantha's throne room. Yeah. Just like as a reminder to Tamlin of what he did Mm -hmm. to everyone else, what she can do. It's fucking horrible. Oh, yeah. And I know that Amarantha is evil and terrible. But this eye ring that she has, <laughs> it sounds pretty metal. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I have to say it. Mm-hmm. It sounds pretty fucking cool. Cool. Okay, wrong word. It's metal <laughs> as fuck. But it shows the full magnitude yeah. of her cruelty. Like, mm-hmm. death is not her go-to. She's sadistic, and she loves to torture, especially humans. Like you said, she's in it for the long haul. And that includes oh, yeah. your death. Exactly. Like, you're not gonna die quickly. She's she's gonna make you feel it forever. And that's proven in this eye ring, which literally has a soul trapped in it of someone who just has to live an eternity in a ring watching all of the rest of the people that Amarantha is gonna torture for the rest of eternity, which might Sometimes. not be that long, but we'll get there. So she poses a deal to Feyre, which, hello, Feyre. Alice literally said, don't make any deals. But okay, go off because you looked at Tamlin's green eyes while mm-hmm. this was all happening. So the deal is that Feyre has to go through three trials and survive or solve a riddle. And if she accomplishes either of these, then Tamlin is free along with the whole spring court. And basically everything Amarantha has got going on will crumble. Mm-hmm. Now, here is where I started getting into the book. And yes, we are more than halfway through. <laughs> but this is where it starts getting good. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought this was really cool that they're doing these trials instead of some like far-fetched escape plan that Feyre would somehow free Tamlin. And like, that would have just been such a cop-out. So I like the trials. Like, I like this whole idea. I was like, okay, what the fuck are these trials going to be? And and how is the author going to make this happen? Uh You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. So the first task is the maze from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And a giant worm is chasing Feyre. A giant worm. Please tell me you thought of the same thing that I thought of the first time I read this. The worm from Spongebob. Yes. The midden. That's what I was. This worm is the worm from Spongebob. And there's so many memes about it on like bookstagram because literally this is the worm from spongebob oh my god okay that is what i was picturing but i couldn't place where it was from spongebob (laughs) it's totally the worm from spongebob wow okay and this is one of the things that i was talking about in the first part where i'm like i don't know how this is going to translate yeah to screen because like it could get real cheesy or real campy but it's terrifying the way that it's described in the book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it has like like 20 rows of fangs yeah. and it's enormous. So Feyre comes up with a brilliant plan. She camouflages herself in worm poop yeah. to mask her scent. And then she uses bone shards. No, she breaks bones, bones to make them into bone shards. Bone shards. To set up a trap and impale the worm. I was I was into this whole scene. Like, mm-hmm. it shows her survival skills, that she's clever, but it also shows that she needs a little help along the way. Mm-hmm. Because she's saved by Lucian yelling out and alerting her that the worm is close by, like when she's ready to execute her plan. So I like that even in this first task, the author adds that little caveat mm-hmm. because that's kind of Farah's story. Like she has these survival instincts, but she never gets by completely on her own. And how could she? Because she's in a world that's not her own. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense that this was a concept that the author did. Yeah, because even though she has survival instincts and um amarantha says like oh hunt this like the whole thing is you know talking about how she used to have to hunt to survive hunting a deer who's eating tree bark is a little different than a giant worm that's literally chasing you through a labyrinth yes so it's a little different so during the task Feyre is fatally wounded and is just slowly dying in her dungeon And when she gets truly desperate, she knows that the fever is taking over. She knows she's like trying to give herself a pep talk. Yeah. But she knows. She knows. And Resand shows up and Feyre makes another deal. Another one. Another bad idea. Just passing out. Um, She does barter a little bit. Yeah. Which I appreciate. And she agrees to one week per month with Reese at the night court. Assuming she survives, of course, but one week per month is a lot. One of my favorite things, too, going back to, like, the worm scene and that incorporates Reese as well is when she successfully beats the worm and Amarantha is like, you made a lot of my court lose money. and he, But then she's like, but, like, one person, like, bet for you. 
And then she yes. finds out that it's Reese. Reese, like, was the one that, like, believed that she could do it. And mm-hmm. so he, of course, like, won all this money. And also to piss Amarantha off mm-hmm. because everyone else betted. Every single person betted that Feyre was going to lose. It was just a matter of how quickly. Mm-hmm. And he's the only one that bet she was going to win. But yeah, I'm glad you said that because that was, first of all, it was crazy. Just the way they set it up that there is, like, all these bets going on mm-hmm. because there's no way she's going to survive. Yeah. And then, yes, Reese is already introduced as being a part of Feyre's journey with these tasks. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Reese is horrible and a pig, but we also start getting hints that he's definitely helping her mm-hmm. and, to your point, knows that she'll survive. Mm-hmm. And I suspected, but this is when I really knew that there's more to Reese. Like, yes, he hates Tamlin, but he hates Amarantha more. He does. So he brands Pharaoh with a tattoo, which he knows will infuriate Tamlin so much that if he does finally get his magic back, he'll fully unleash it. Mm-hmm. And he's hoping that he'll fully unleash it just on Amarantha because all of this is her fault at the end of the day. Yeah. And this is where we just. We really reiterate how much of a pig Reese is because he starts drugging her every night with fairy wine and making her dance for him in a basically sheer dress. And she's blacked out. Like Mm -hmm. she's so drunk that she doesn't even remember how she's behaving. And it's just like everyone's laughing at her. She's the butt of the joke. It's gross. Yeah. It's really gross. And obviously it's twofold. So it's to piss off both Amarantha and Tamlin. Because in the previous part, they refer to Reese as Amarantha's whore. So obviously she's using him for some type of, you know, sexual gratification, Mm -hmm. even though she loves Tamlin. Yes. And he's doing what she wants. So it makes it look like he's completely on her side. But then he starts doing these little things that are kind of rebellious towards her. And this is one of them. He knows this is going to piss her off. Obviously, he knows it's going to piss Tamlin off. It's icky. I hated it. But I also understood why he was doing it. Yeah. So I've gone about it a little less aggressively. But it's just who Reese is. I get it. It's just who Reese is. You know what? You're right. He always goes full on. He does. Which which I can I can appreciate if you Mm -hmm. weren't pervy. So her second task is a riddle written on a wall. And if she doesn't solve it, then these huge spikes come down from the ceiling and crush both her and Lucian. But of course, Feyre is illiterate. Yep. So she's like, okay, I'm fucked. And if, and, and I like that she thought that someone told Amarantha, but mm-hmm. it was just a, a crazy twist of fate that she didn't, Amarantha had no idea. So she was basically screwing Feyre unintentionally, mm-hmm. but intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too, that she was like, mm-hmm. oh, like, Reese who must told have her? told her. Yeah. 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 Like someone must have told her, but it was just a coincidence. And these spikes are coming down fast okay even if she could read i'm like this feels like it's cutting it close because it seems like a very short amount of time before they are yeah and lucian is screaming he's like just fucking pick one like yeah so there's three levers 33 percent chance that she's right not great odds but not the worst yeah and she survives 
because of the tattoo that Reese gave her. So it nudges her to the right lever. She goes to pick one and her hand is burning up and hurting. And she's like, that's weird. And then she goes to pick another one and mm-hmm. it's not hurting. And she's like, oh, okay. So she stops the giant spikes just in time and beats the second task. Curious what the riddle was, by the way, because we never find out. <laughs> no, you never and find I'm like, out. how easy was it mm-hmm. if you're able to read? I know. And then it's in that moment, too, that she realizes that she's tethered to Reese. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like, this tattoo is more than just... Because mm-hmm. there's, like, the eye on her, on her hand. And there's mm-hmm. been a few times where she thought she saw the eye moving mm-hmm. and everything. And so, obviously, it's a, t- it's a tether. So now Reese can see into her, into her and what she can see. Which also, the eye in the palm of the hand also sounds metal. Uh-huh. Like, I'm... Yeah. I'm into the eyeballs. Yeah. It's like the Hocus Pocus book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So the second task doesn't really hold the weight that the first one did, mm-hmm. except to show that, like you said, there's a tether between Feyre and Reese, and that Amarantha loves torturing Lucian. Yes. To hurt both Tamlin and Feyre. Yeah. Like, she knows that the biggest way to get to Tamlin is by hurting Lucian. And obviously Feyre, but, like, that's on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. So, poor Lucian. I just, I just love him. Okay. <laughs> so, days go on. Feyre gets drugged and dances and every night. And then one night, she follows Tamlin into a little closet during one of their nightly parties and literally does the stupidest thing she could possibly do starts making out with him tries to bang him right there in the closet (laughs) right i mean what 30 feet from amarantha yeah separated by a door Mm -hmm. some of these fairies can go through doors uh reese being one of them so doors don't really matter around here so reese once again comes to the rescue in a creepy way of course he finds them covers for her and narrowly saves her from what would have been a fate much worse than death if Amarantha had found them. Yeah. Like, I get them sneaking out into the closet, trying to have a little moment together. Mm-hmm. But you were going to fuck him in there? Oh, I know. You were going to let him take them claws out in the, <laughs> in the little closet room? Does that make sense? No. Okay. So then we come to the third and final task. Feyre has to stab three innocent fairies. In the book, it says, kill a fairy, fall in love with a fairy, then be forced to kill a fairy to keep that love. It was brilliant and cruel, and she knew it. I mean, this is, it's brilliant by Amarantha because it's feeding off of Feyre's humanness. Mm -hmm. And also, like she just said, you know, she did used to hate the fairies she killed one now her opinion has completely changed now she's doing all of this to save a fairy Mm -hmm. so this is the worst possible thing this is definitely the worst trial of the three of them definitely and Feyre's like okay this is for the greater good also so i can keep banging tamlin but we'll pretend that we're focusing on the greater good here she's (laughs) she's focusing on the greater good but really really That's number two. Number one is Tamlin. Bang and Tamlin. And I have to say, uh, she stabs the first two 
pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. She she pretty she doesn't struggle that much. She has a little internal struggle, doesn't last very long, and there's two dead fairies. And she's like, Great, I'm two thirds of the way through. Let's see that third fairy. Of course, they unmask the third fairy, and it's Tamlin. That was a twist I did not see coming when I first saw her. Me either. Mm-hmm. But I was like, something's coming because yeah. she's stabbing these fairies left and right. Who's the third one? Mm-hmm. Didn't see Tamlin coming. So Feyre does a little thinking on it and knows that Amarantha would never let Tamlin die because she loves him. Mm-hmm. So she realizes that there has to be a catch. And she starts thinking about it and she's... She realizes that all along Tamlin was trying to give her clues about the curse because they weren't allowed to talk outright about the curse. Amarantha had made it so that no one could tell Feyre, no one could talk about it outright, but they were hinting at it. And that's what they would refer to as the blight was actually the curse. And Tamlin had made sure that she would overhear certain conversations. And she starts thinking about it. And she's like, why didn't he just send me away? Why did he have me hide in the same room, like mm-hmm. just little things like that. Basically, Tamlin has a heart of stone, whatever the fuck that means, and cannot be killed. Yeah. So she takes a gamble and stabs him in the heart. <laughs> Once this. again, not that much hesitation. Yeah. Like, she's she's really wielding these mm-hmm. knives. You know yeah. what I mean? So this turns out to be the right move because... Amarantha loses her goddamn mind and decides to torture Feyre to death. The loophole was that even if she did make it through the trials, they did not specify time frame on the deal and when she would actually have to release Tamlin and his court. This is why you never make a deal with a fairy, especially a particularly murderous one. Correct. Such as Amarantha. But as Feyre is being tortured to death, she solves the riddle, coughs out the answer, which is love, and the curse is broken just as she dies. Mm-hmm. Did you solve the riddle? No. I've seen everyone online. They're like, I knew it was love the whole time. And I was like, I sure no. didn't. I, I sure didn't. I do feel like Feyre should have solved it because <laughs> love seems like it should have been top of it was the whole in that dungeon of why she was doing what she was doing it's the whole fucking reason yeah so when she's sitting in the dungeon for all that time mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean maybe it crossed her mind and she wasn't confident enough in it uh-huh. to say it because she only had one chance to she solve did. the riddle mm-hmm. so anyway as soon as the curse is broken tamlin goes fully into his Full beast mode. And I mean that literally, not in like a hashtag beast mode way. But also hashtag beast mode. But also hashtag beast mode. But he is now his beast form. He stabs Amarantha in the head with a sword and rips her throat out with his teeth. Not enough suffering in my personal opinion, but Tamlin isn't a sadistic guy. So I guess she got what was coming to her, but... yes. Maybe we should have put her eyeball in a ring. I don't know. Just a thought. (laughs) So he runs to Feyre and her like crumpled dead body. Because once again, because she's tethered to recent. So she's in when she when she technically dies, she's able to see herself through recent's eyes. And yes, so So she is seeing the scene. Yeah. And seeing Tamlin run to her body, which shows, like you said, the tether that they have. It also shows 
that her mind or her spirit was was still still present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she wasn't able to like fully die Mm -hmm. because of that tether. So, and they have this mental connection, which obviously is going to play out. Yes. So all of the High Lords, one by one, come and sprinkle some magic fairy dust onto Feyre, and she becomes High Fae and therefore immortal. Yep. Why isn't Feyre happy about this? <laughs> I think, too, because, and she had mentioned it, too, at the very end of the book when she's talking with Reese, is like she still has her human heart. So even though she's immortal, she still feels how a human would feel. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I I know that her opinion of fairies had only recently changed. Yeah. But girl, you get to spend forever with your mans now. I think it's also maybe because it wasn't her choice. Yeah. It was a choice that was thrust upon her by the High Lords because they all gave her a piece of their magic. Mm -hmm. And Tamlin immediately knew, like he knew that she wouldn't, not that she necessarily wouldn't have wanted it, but like you said, maybe she wouldn't, she wouldn't want something like that to happen without it being her choice. Because as soon as she like wakes up and she realizes he's like, it was the only way. So he like immediately is like, sorry, girl, we did what we had to do. I know. And then I also feel you would think in that moment that there would be more pushback from the High Lords, but especially, especially from Lucian's dad, which is ironic that he was the first one to step up because there's Mm -hmm. definitely some tension there because Lucian is no longer part of the Autumn Court and he's part of the String Court. Even with Lucian's mom, who helps Feyre with one of the tasks, like she does it there's this whole thing of not owing anyone mm-hmm. anything else like not being indebted to anyone because that that's too much power for someone else to hold over you so like with lucian's mother it was like oh you said your name so that he wouldn't be punished now we're even and i feel like the high lords are are doing it in that same way like, almost as like a thank you to her for also saving them that was where mm-hmm. i was trying to go before yeah that, that, that's yes. what it was that they stepped forward and did this because otherwise they wouldn't be free mm-hmm. so and she- it was symbolic of her sacrifice even though some of the other high lords agree with what amarantha wants which is like to take the mortal lands they don't agree with the way that she was doing it and they obviously didn't want to be under her Uh under her hands like with her controlling them she controlled their magic she controlled you know everything so even as sadistic as some of them were like the men from the night court and the autumn court whatever they still weren't at the point where they were wanting to do amarantha's bidding so that's definitely part of it symbolic of like her sacrifice to free them all and now we're even she sacrificed we gave you our fairy dust that's it they do some housekeeping about the courts and destroying under the mountain (laughs) etc and obviously this is going to play out in the next book because you can't just forgive and forget when some people were so quick yeah to be supporting amarantha is not feeling positive about having to live with killing these two innocents but the story ends with her deciding to worry about that and her little deal with reese later i know and for now her and tamlin can just go back to their home have fun and live happily ever after yeah uh-huh. so interesting way to just end all of that mm-hmm. craziness and obviously you know like this is being set up for a sequel it ain't over so some themes i want to talk about there's the obvious one 
love, which we talked about, is the whole reason for all of this. It's the answer to the riddle. It's the way to break the curse. It's the reason that Feyre kept fighting this whole time. And it's complicated because it's this love between a fairy and a human. She's not a human anymore, but it started when she was a human, so... The whole book, she's human, so it's fine. (laughs) Exactly. It tracks. And then there's also this theme of death, but that's oversimplifying it. Like we see in the beginning, obviously, Farrah needs to hunt for her family to keep them alive, but she still feels guilt about killing animals Mm -hmm. for survival. And she talks about like her first kill, how she was devastated. And then when the fairy with the missing wings is brought to the manor, even though she hadn't warmed up to fairies yet, she holds his hand. She says that she didn't want him to die alone. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back at the end. She's willing to risk her life for Tamlin and ultimately for all of the fairies for being imprisoned. And then it comes to a head when she has to decide whether to sacrifice innocent fairies for the greater good. And this is particularly hard for Pharaoh because. She feels the guilt of killing, even for survival. Mm -hmm. She's changed her opinion of the fairies. Even when she did kill Andres at the beginning, she still felt remorse over it, even if he was a fairy. Like, she still has these feelings of guilt. And now, even worse, she doesn't think that all the fairies deserve to die anymore. Mm -hmm. And then, ultimately, at the end, after Feyre's death, she's brought back to life and Reese says this isn't something they do often. Like, this isn't a power that they can just willy-nilly bring any human back from the dead. For one thing, it involves all the High Lords coming together, which we said is, like, mind-blowing in itself. Yeah. And they only do it because of Feyre's sacrifice. So it's, like, this whole cycle of, like, death and guilt and sacrifice, Mm -hmm. and it just keeps Mm -hmm. spinning. And coming back over and over and over again. That's true. Yeah. Like, there is a lot of death in this book. A lot. So, any other main themes you want to discuss? No, because I think, realistically, the whole point of the book is, it's it's, it's like a romance to its core. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she's doing all of this for her love. Mm -hmm. And like we said, the greater good is, like, number two on the priority list. (laughs) So, I saw a lot of people talking about Team Tamlin or Team recent and i'm guessing that this is a question in one of the future books in the series obviously because reese is not going anywhere but based on this book alone who is picking reese like he basically roofied her every night made her perform against her will and even though he didn't sexually assault her he definitely made a lot of suggestions towards it like am i missing something in this book specifically no because when i first read the first book and my my friend had was one who told me and she was like i i'm not going to like spoil you on anything but Mm -hmm. so i went into the book blind and when i read the second book i was very blind and it's just i was team tamlin in the Mm -hmm. first book i'm no longer team tamlin if that tells you anything. okay so okay all right oh we will get to that too i have more questions about tamlin um i think that perhaps it is simply a choice between a wolf or a pterodactyl perhaps claws versus wings if you will (laughs) you know i mean do you prefer the claws do you prefer the wings it's it's pretty simple that being said how do you feel about the relationship between Feyre and Tamlin? Did you find it believable? Um, 
I did actually because I'm I'm trying to think back to when I first read it because like now I'm like yeah. tainted because I read all the books. But when I first read the book, I really liked their relationship. I liked that it was kind of a a relationship you never would have expected to happen, like a fairy being with like a human and things like mm-hmm. that. It felt kind of I don't know if it would I don't know if it felt rushed realistically, but it was kind of like weird. I I was kind of like it was weird when she first shows up at the manor and she's not a prisoner. Like, she's just, mm-hmm. like, free to do. That should have been the indicator that something's up, but you just mm-hmm. don't. I feel like I didn't go there at all. Because you also don't know what's going to happen, what's going to transpire through this book. So once you read the whole thing and you get to the to the reason why Tamlin even brought her there, then you go back to the beginning and you're like, oh, okay, because he wanted to try to make her fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. And he needed to mm-hmm. try to fall in love with her, which they did, you know. Yeah. But. Personally, I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. It seemed only physical yeah and we don't we don't really see that much about his personality the way that we do with lucian and reese so it's hard to kind of connect with him Mm -hmm. or see how feyre connected with him and the only really emotional moments we get is when he sees her paintings which i did love i i loved that scene and i loved you know the way that he chose the painting Mm -hmm. that she wasn't trying to show him and uh, you know like he pointed out every single thing that she painted like when it was a time in her life like i loved that scene and that was really the only emotional connection that you get between them yeah it is realistically and then you kind of have to think like yes she fell in love with him but he had to fall in love with her you know yeah i I see where like it's just a question of like is it genuine or not genuine Mm -hmm. yeah okay so how did you feel about Feyre? Did you admire her courage or did you find her stubborn and reckless? (laughs) It's kind of all of it, realistically, because obviously she's courageous. She's this human girl who is literally trying to go up against this magical power that she has realistically no shot of beating. But she Mm -hmm. has to try because she feels the need to be a savior. And once again, it kind of like goes back to the beginning of the book. She's willing to put herself in danger to save somebody else Mm -hmm. so i think that's just her personality it's just who she is to the core which Mm -hmm. makes her stubborn and reckless because she's not thinking straight exactly exactly i think in the beginning her stubbornness is obviously a hindrance Mm -hmm. but i also get it like Mm -hmm. it's totally understandable she has these preconceived ideas about the fairies and how evil they are so why would she just readily accept having to live with one for her entire life even if it is she's not a prisoner she's just Mm -hmm. like there's she's obviously like hey what's the catch and i don't blame her but i think she goes through a lot of personal growth which makes her it makes her a perfect heroine like in the end i like that how you talked about she was worried about losing her humanness and her Mm -hmm. heart which allowed her to make all the choices that she made and it allowed her to get to where she got and also the like morally gray decisions she had to make Mm -hmm. like where she has to decide to sacrifice fairies for the greater good or like those are the type of things you know and that's it's a lot for a 19 year old human girl them to make mm-hmm. these decisions as well i mean yeah. surrounded by fairies mm-hmm. just yeah but I, I think that makes for you know a perfect hero like she has to make these hard decisions mm-hmm. she does have that stubbornness but she never gives up 
How does the novel portray the relationship between humans and fairies? What are some of the stereotypes and misconceptions that each side has about the other? And how do they affect the characters' interactions? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like in this book, it's they talk a lot about the the diversity between fairies and humans. But I don't think it's it's discussed enough mm-hmm. to, I think, answer that appropriately. Because there obviously is, like, Feyre knows that, oh, fairies can't lie, they'll eat you, you know, they'll, they'll yeah. kill you, they'll do all this stuff. and But there's really never any, you don't really see the fairies talking bad about the humans. Because even when, when Feyre's brought to the manor, nobody treats her differently. Yeah. Nobody thinks that she's a piece of trash or anything. And even, like, Lucian isn't. You would think that Tamlin bringing a human to the manor. I mean, obviously, you learned that Lu- there was a reason why he was doing it. So Lucian right. knows. But I was expecting Lucian to be more abrasive towards her. Same with Tamlin. Mm-hmm. They just weren't. So I think that humans' ideas of fairies are worse than fairies' ideas of humans mm-hmm. in this book, specifically. Well, you also have to think about... Were those opinions affected by the fact that they knew it was necessary mm-hmm. because of the curse? Yeah. And I feel like Alice alludes to the fact that they respect Tamlin so much that if he says, yeah. leave this girl alone, they're going to leave this girl alone. So I feel like that had something to do with it, too. But like you said, I mean, humans have basically spent their whole lives in fear based on these legends and the remembrance of what happened in the war. like. Mm-hmm. Because these legends are passed down by word of mouth, a lot of the information is inaccurate. A lot of it is just that legend. Like, Pharaoh was shocked when she heard that there were fairies fighting alongside the humans yeah, in the she war. Didn't, she didn't know any of that because it was once mm-hmm. the treaty was enacted and the worlds were separated, any of the things that happened pre that aren't really ever talked aren't really ever discussed Mm -hmm. in the human world at this time i will say though like as you read in the other books the what you're asking gets more you learn so much more yeah like expanded on more like it would be interesting it would be interesting if we come back to this question like three books from now okay because it would be like (laughs) pin in it yeah because it that's all i'll say that's all i'll say yeah well because lucian does make some comments about like Seeing humans as ignorant or ruled by their emotions or fickle, which I don't really feel is fair because if you're living for 200 years, you're going to gain a little more knowledge. You're going to know how to control your emotions a little better than a 19-year-old human. Okay. (laughs) So that's not very fair. Yeah. But, But yeah, we basically only get the view of what the humans... Mm-hmm. think of the fairies and it's from only one person's point of view yeah. so we don't have a complete picture of that so we talked to about this in part one about how this book is loosely based on beauty and the beast i found it to be a beauty and the beast meets twilight situation yeah um what are some of the big differences between this and beauty and the beast uh well there's no sex in beauty and the beast so there's that. That we know of. <laughs> well, I I do think it's different in a sense where Tamlin is knowingly capturing Feyre and bringing her back to the manor with the intent to try to fall in love. Where I feel like mm-hmm. in Beauty and the Beast, Belle takes her father's place 
and the beast really has no interest like he's given up like he has no he knows that his curse is never mm-hmm. going to be broken like the the how this the talking staff of beauty and the beast forces him to try to be like no this could be the it this could be the answer yeah whereas in in uh akatar tamlin knows what he needs to do mm-hmm. i think another big difference is public opinion of the beast because yeah. in beauty and the beast the beast is feared and just literally beast all the time in this case tamlin they fear him but not in a shunned way Mm -hmm. they fear his power and they respect him in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. so the opinion of the beast is just completely different yeah that's a good that's a very good point but you really do see the similarities between the Mm -hmm. two like it's i see obviously like the the human falling in love with the supernatural form uh-huh that and no one should the love. curse yeah and there's even roses mm-hmm. i mean come on yeah so i saw a few people online talking about how tamlin didn't really fight for Feyre, mm-hmm. and she literally sacrificed everything for him like he didn't fight back when reese came to the manor he sent her away knowing that amarantha would still try to find her anyway and even at the end during the torture scene Reese was the one trying to fight mm. Amarantha while Fair is being tortured. I mean, do you feel like this? Because once I, I started seeing it, I was like, yeah. Well, that's here's the thing. So I read these books like back to back. So when I read the first one, I didn't really have those opinions because I was just so blinded by like the love story of Feyre and Tamlin that when you mm-hmm. read the second book, those things are brought up. And then okay. you're kind of like, uh, oh, Tamlin's kind of the worst. <laughs> yeah yeah and he just okay yeah it's hard to talk about it in full because you haven't read the second book but right it's realistically looking back on it and like reading it now for the second time i saw those discrepancies where i was like he's doing jack shit like Mm -hmm. he's pharaoh's like looking at him and he's showing no emotion when he's next to amarantha like you don't even know that he really cares about her he doesn't Mm -hmm. try to escape he doesn't try to save her ever it's Mm -hmm. always lucian and reese and then lucian says he's doing it for tamlin but that's like a cop out in my opinion yeah because Mm -hmm. he wouldn't he knows that he's gonna get punished for it and he keeps doing it anyway Mm -hmm. like he's he's fighting for feyre as much as he's fighting for tamlin and i agree with what you said like tamlin doesn't even really acknowledge her and feyre just kind of rationalizes it in her head like oh he's being so stoic because he doesn't want like he's doing this for me and he's being strong for me and Which all this stuff and it's like her, is you know, he because she's doing all this for him and she's getting nothing back except for mm-hmm. like a hot makeout session in the closet which again yeah they don't talk like no i can you know it really is like you said it's all physical like he's not when they have those moments together it's strictly a physical moment instead of like an emotional sentimental mm-hmm. moment which mm-hmm. it should be because it was the day before her last trial so this could potentially have been their last moment together yeah like even just to say goodbye mm-hmm. or thanks yeah. or you shouldn't have come back yeah. any any words any words would have been cool mm-hmm. but reese talks to Feyre more in his small part in this book than tamlin does in the whole book one of my favorite things that reese does is that he uses his magic to stop the chores for Feyre Mm -hmm. to not let anybody if they touch her like he'll retaliate against them like he doesn't Mm -hmm. even know this girl and he's going out of his way to protect her which should give you an inkling that he's ranked as like the darkest scariest 
Lord out of all seven of them, and mm-hmm. that he's like the worst. But then he shows these bits of him that make you realize that he's he's more than what people think he is. Yes, and he's better. And, exactly, and he like Feyre is so stubborn that she has this in her mind that like oh Tamlin hates Reese, so I have to hate Reese. Mm-hmm. And so he has to literally spell it out for her and be like, did you ever realize that even though I drugged you up and like, you know, roofied you with fairy wine, I never touched you. I I only touched your hips. Like I could have taken advantage of you and I didn't, which like (laughs) doesn't earn you that many points to word it like that. But you know what I mean? Um, The fact that he didn't, he's like, there was a reason that he did that. Like he did it to make amarantha think that maybe feyre's opinion or focus wasn't as much on tamlin and to make both of them jealous like reese had reasons for doing that and he didn't take advantage of her in the process Mm -hmm. so yeah he's painted in this way because of her first impressions of him yeah and because she's a very hard person to change her mind except about tamlin because that was pretty quick but you know what i mean yeah she loved him so my last question, who's your favorite character in the book? This book only, book one. When I read it, it like I, I, again, I'm, I'm trying to think about when I first read it because I'm, ta- I'm tampered now, now that I've read mm-hmm. it. But when I first read it, it was Pharaoh. Okay. Mine is 1000% Lucian. You're Love not alone it. in that because that was Vicky's favorite character too. She was like, mm-hmm. I had just started it. And once, and when I like was in it and she was, would loves Lucian. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally her favorite. I I love his snarkiness, and we also see so much growth from him. Like mm-hmm. he hated humans, also, but he warms to Feyre. Mm-hmm. They have their banter. They have their back and forth quips and insults. And in the end, he's rooting for Feyre. He's willing to sacrifice for her. He goes to help you know help heal her, even though he knows that he shouldn't. Even though, like we said, it's implied that he's doing that for Tamlin. It's not. Like, Mm -hmm. he's doing it for both of them. Like, their relationship grew, but he still had, no matter how much shit that he had been through, because he had been through so much with his family and been shunned by them, and Mm -hmm. Tamlin was really all he had left, he still is like, will do anything for Tamlin. And he still doesn't lose his personality. No. Mm -mm. So I just... And I will tell you, he just gets gets better. Great. Mm -hmm. Great. I would not want him to fall from grace because I love him. He just gets better. (laughs) Okay. Do you have any other things to discuss or should we get to the ratings? No, let's get to the ratings. All right. This was a hard one. This was a hard one. I wanted to do claws because you know I'm preoccupied by the claws, but that's my personal issue. So I won't (laughs) subject everyone else to my personal obsessions. So our rating scale is eyeballs. You also because love the eyeballs. Amarantha and me seem to have an obsession with eyeballs. <laughs> Not me planning out my next tattoo, which is just an eyeball. Right. Anyway, um, so how many eyeballs are you giving a court of thorns and roses? Uh, 4.5 eyeballs. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was, even when I read it, when I, my first rating was four stars. So, but it just, it was a really good book. I think that there was... I think the reason why I couldn't give it a full five, there was just something missing and I don't know what it was. And when I reread it, I, cause I would, I was kind of surprised when I saw my rating at first. I was like, why do I only give this four stars? And then when I was reading it again, I was like, oh, I, I, I can kind of see it. I think the whole thing with mm-hmm. Tamlin and him kind of being 
a jerk realistically wasn't my favorite mm-hmm. because they're supposed to be like it's obviously a love story based on them and so the end result wasn't what i would have hoped for but i know why now that what why that happened the way it happened but yeah it was but it was still very well written this it set up a really good story for the series mm-hmm. nobody come for me <laughs> nobody come for me i am giving it 3.5 eyeballs that's fine i just did not believe this love story to the point where I was like, does every book need to have a love story? I know the answer is yes, but... I'm actually kind of happy that you didn't love it. But the second half, I did love. Like, the second half picked up for me. I like that you didn't believe the love story, because I think it's going to make make you appreciate the next book more. Yeah, I'm excited to read the rest of it. Like, like I said, the second half was really good. I love the trials. I liked introducing Reese, giving him that development. I definitely see how it's setting up for the series. And I now that I know what I'm in for, I'm yeah, I definitely want to read the rest of the series and see how it plays out. This just isn't my usual genre. Mm -hmm. I found myself rolling my eyes a little bit. But that being said, I totally get why this is popular among people who like fantasy and also for people who grew up in this kind of twilight generation like we did like i just got those vibes so much another unrealistic love story that you have to completely buy into Mm -hmm. with an immortal and a human like Mm -hmm. it's just it's the similarities are crazy and it's like the idea of it is better than the actual execution of it. But that being said, I know that the series does get better. Like you said, it gets darker, it gets yeah. more complex. It so does. this didn't deter me. But I was just like, for the fact of the whole first half, I was just not bought into it. And it wasn't until halfway through that I actually started to get into it. And I think How actually can I you rate saying it higher, that you know? was also, I think, kind of why I gave it like a four star, because I feel like the story building in the beginning it wasn't it didn't really pull me in that much yeah i was more confused than intrigued Mm -hmm. yeah so and i saw a lot of people even online being like the whole beginning could have been shortened and just like combined with the second book yeah and Mm -hmm. like just but you got to have the building block for the rest of the series i will tell you something about sarah j mass that she is a story (laughs) builder and that is why her story her books are so long I was going to say, you you have to be, okay. Yeah. You have to be to write books that are these long with this many in a series. And also, like we see so many of these authors, they're bestsellers, they're, mm-hmm. you know, insanely famous, whatever. She's putting in the work. Oh, no. She mm-hmm. is, she is earning that title with how intense these are, how long they are, mm-hmm. how she's, she's earning it. Yeah, 100%. So you can't be mad about that. All right. Anything else you want to add? No. I think we covered it all. Well, that's all we have for you today. If you like what you heard, please make sure to follow, subscribe, and rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. If you have any book recommendations, questions for us, if you want to yell at me for rating this 3.5, you can email us at fullybookedcalfpod at gmail.com. Also, be sure to follow us on our socials, TikTok and Instagram at Fully Booked Calf Pod to see our upcoming reads. Thanks for checking us out. And remember, if you need us, we're fully booked. Bye. Bye.